Welcome to the BASAC View. We are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center, and this is an educational podcast about consent, self-healing, and keeping yourself safe. Join Kayla and Michelle as they maneuver their way into all the topics you hate talking to your kids about. Sex, puberty, body safety, growing up, and most importantly, power in no. Because consent is mandatory. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of the BASAC View. My name is Kayla, and as usual, I have my buddy Michelle with me. Hello. Thank you to everybody who has listened and downloaded and gave us feedback. Uh, it's been really awesome and we've really enjoyed it thus far. It's really, the feedback has been so good and we really do appreciate all the downloads. So while we stay pretty neutral here, you know, about what's going on in the world, I think at some point we have to talk about COVID. So can we do do that today? Let's do it. I mean, how can we not? It literally changed our job description. And our lives. And our lives. So what is our job description? Just to clarify for everyone listening. Well, we are the Outreach Team outreach team here at BASAC and we go into the schools or different organizations to talk to kids about keeping themselves safe. That's our job. We teach them about healthy relationships. We teach them about how to deal with those big emotions that they feel sometimes. Uh, We teach them the importance of keeping themselves safe online, all sorts of things. That's what we do. We we have the conversations with them that they may have never had with anyone else. And, you know, I, I think that that makes them a little bit more comfortable with themselves, with their bodies, with their partners, uh, talking to their parents, right? It's a much needed service that we provide. Very well said. And we literally cannot even do our jobs right now, thanks to this pandemic we're in. Yeah. So yeah, COVID did change our job description. That is an understatement. And guess what? Now we're podcasters. Now we're podcasters. Right? We're Zoomers. We do lots of Zooming. (laughs) Zoomer. (laughs) And I mean, it's been a huge learning process for us, a huge learning curve, I think, for a lot of the nonprofit type of uh, places that, you know, that are similar to us. We've all had to adjust a little bit. And it's, uh, you know, we do have to understand that this pandemic really has been devastating, like we said, and not just in our personal jobs, but globally. You know, I think that, well, I don't think there's anywhere that you could go where you people aren't talking about it or have been affected by it. For sure. Right? And not a day in the past 11 months, almost soon be a year. Oh, that's so scary to think about, hey? Yeah. Like, I'm still processing last March. <laughs> I know. That was a rough day for us, though. Rough. So it's literally everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's been affected in some way. And I think that it's it's starting to take its toll on people. You know, we were told, hey, two weeks to get rid of the pandemic. And here we are almost a year later. And, I mean, you really got to feel for the families who have lost loved ones, friends, coworkers. I mean, these are devastating losses. Mm-hmm. And we can't you know, talk about this pandemic without mentioning those losses. My heart goes out to those people. Absolutely. My condolences to them because for them, this has been 
huge and real. The isolation of seniors Mm -hmm. and children. I mean, don't get me started on my teenager, right? All the family members, it it's pretty serious. The loss of routine, the loss of jobs, hey, the loss of overall business, loss of life. There's been lots of lives lost yeah. because of this COVID. Yeah. Loss of community and our most importantly, I think, our loss of connection. Right. We've lost a lot of connection. Yeah. I it's agree. it's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It still is for me personally. It it yeah. still is. It still is. And I mean the kids are learning from home, so that's good that they are learning. I, I put I put that term loosely because yeah. my my teenager is not a very academic kind of a fellow. So is he learning like he would have in school? I'm not sure. But right. anyway, but the biggest part is that they're not seeing their friends, and yeah. that's huge because socialization is so important. I don't care what age that you are in your schooling. That socialization is very, very necessary. So are they missing out? You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of scary to think about that. It is scary. And because for some, we know that school is their safety net. In the work that we do, and as the work I did as an EA for, you know, 14 years almost in the school system in one way, shape or another, I know that school is a safety net for a lot of kids. It's where they go to get food, some of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. It's where they go to get a hug. It's where they go to get that validation and approval that they might not be getting somewhere else, but that is so necessary. Absolutely. We may not always see that side, you know, in everyday, you know, everyday kind of parents or people that really aren't involved in the school, but we see it and we know it. And children need routine. They do. They need that routine. It keeps them from feeling that anxiety of not knowing what's coming up, right? What's coming up next. Yeah. And it's about being in control, right? Feeling like they're in control. And that's, I mean, that's kind of been lost through this pandemic. I I feel out of control. (laughs) I mean. Yeah. And I mean, without it, that anxiety can become full blown. Oh, understatement. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've heard from a lot of people is that their anxiety is pretty high and i think that might even be a collective anxiety right that we're picking up on oh yeah on the community around us the people around us and it's when it gets too bad that anxiety can be very devastating it can be very debilitating Mm -hmm. and you know there's people in the world who have actually never really suffered from anxiety and you know they might be oh just get over it Take a couple deep breaths. You know, all these things that they do to try to, because they don't understand. Yes. And because they've never suffered with anxiety. And, but it is not something you can always control. And I am going to speak, you know, from experience on that, right? Absolutely. Anxiety is a very real and a very scary thing. You know, I've heard so many stories of people upping like their anxiety medications and their antidepressants over the past year. I know a friend of mine was tapering off her anxiety medication prior to the pandemic Mm -hmm. and she was in a really good space and sadly it's gotten so bad for her that she had to up her dosage again just to cope. So for her that that's really real. And just to preface I'd like to put it out there there's not a darn thing wrong with taking medication for anxiety for depression. Uh, There should not be a stigma attached to that. So if you got to medicate you medicate. Right. We, you know, we're all trying to live like we normally live, but we also have to understand that our normal has changed. And so we need to adjust to it. And it's not, 
It doesn't mean that it's forever. It just means like right now, while we're all in this together and learning together. Very well said. And we also have to know that if it gets too bad, listen, it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely. It's okay to ask for help. Yeah. We've been through collective trauma as on a global level, on a yeah. global scale. We've been through collective trauma together. And in the past year, multiple collective traumas, right? right. And you know what? If we need help, we need help. Just ask. Check mm-hmm. in on your friends. See how they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Ask people for help. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. And there's help out there. But we need to ask for that help. Because we know that there's been an increase in domestic violence in the past year. Mm-hmm. Right? There yeah. has been an increase in sexual violence in the past year. We know that. We've seen it here. Yeah. It's not something we're just making up. Right? Survivors may now be confined with their sexual abusers you know, 24 seven and have no way to reach out for help because they can't get out to make a call or to send an email or, you know, just to let somebody know they're in trouble. And that's the reality of it is that home is not necessarily a safe place for a lot of people right now. And the whole social, social distancing aspect of it, the, like the lockdown Mm -hmm. aspect of it, it very well could be, and is preventing women and men from reporting And coming forward to report. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Another thing we can consider, you guys, something that is a huge barrier and frustration for those who have experienced sexual assault is that because of this pandemic, court procedures have been put on hold. Yes, we've seen that. Yeah. Can you imagine how that would prolong a survivor's recovery and most importantly, her healing? His healing? Yeah. Because everything's put on hold. Everything's put on hold. And, and it's really sometimes hard to move on when nothing's, nothing is moving forward in that department, right? Mm-hmm. You, you feel stuck. You're sat a standstill. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to do keep checking in on those who are going through something like this. Make sure they're okay. Just like you said, check in, check in, check in. You know, for us, not only has it changed our job description, but it's changed, it's changed a few other things for us here right like our fundraising yeah right? we're nonprofit. we rely on that <laughs> yeah and yeah. we weren't able to last year we had to um it was a recycled wedding right we had to cancel that that was to be a big fundraiser for us that would have been a lot of fun yeah yeah and this winter i know we had some different plans of you know some outdoor activities that we were going to put together and so that's gone and you know some of the places that typically donate to us their funding is down too, right? So that's affecting nonprofits. Oh yeah, big like time. us and other nonprofits in the community. We know what we do is essential. It's critical to survivor safety. It's critical to their survival. And even though we are not able to get out there and fundraise, we still have to keep providing what we can. We still have to be here. And we are. And we are. We know sexual violence is still happening. Like Michelle said, we know it's on the rise, Mm -hmm. right? Especially during a global pandemic. And we want people to know that we're here to support them in whatever way we can help. If you guys are struggling, you need to know that you're not alone and that we are here. Mm -hmm. We are open and we're ready to listen and help. Because at some point we all need help. Definitely. Right? Even the abusers, I know that typically our, you know, we work with the survivors, right? 
but the abusers need help too. And so if you're someone who, you know, hurts people, (laughs) you know, or feels like it, find help. Instead of hurting the ones who love you or who are dependent on you, seek that help. I know it's easier said than done, but it's going to save a lot of heartbreak. It's going to save a lot of um, devastating damage that's done to people. This pandemic's been tough on everybody, <laughs> you know? And I think I think that people are fearing that we're never going to return to what we had before. And Rightly knows? so, yeah. Who knows, right? And will we ever feel comfortable gathering again? Man, some of the things that are going to change because of this. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not too comfortable with going back to blowing on birthday cakes. <laughs> <laughs> are we ever going to go back to that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So what is our new normal going to be? Nobody knows. Right. Right? And so it's a little bit still depressing for somebody. They've lost a little bit of that hope for the future of what it's going to be. Relationships are falling through the cracks. But, you know, and I and I mean like parental relationships. Some people haven't seen their parents in a year or longer. Some people haven't seen their grandchildren in two years. Right? Are they ever going to be able to create that closeness and those connections if we're not able to gather? Those are those are some of the thoughts that I've heard people talk about. And they're real, right? You know, some are predicting a rise in wellness once COVID is over. That as a society, yeah, that as a society, we've come to realize how precious life actually is, which personally I have yeah, definitely yeah. realized and how easily something like this, a global pandemic can take us down. It can take us down. So we've become more appreciative, right? Of the fragility of life and our health Yeah, and of our health. I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing if the trend becomes to take better care of ourselves. No, I agree. I do see a lot more people, um, you know, on social media or whatever, posting their healthier meals and they're getting outside to exercise more and, you know, that sort of thing. So that, that has been fun to watch. For sure. I agree. Yeah. And, but on the other hand, you know, we also want people to know that it's okay if they have to fall apart a little bit, if they have to have a cry, right? It's a good release because sometimes life can get dark sometimes so dark right and it's okay to have a reaction to it it's probably a very healthy thing to do that's right just because you're struggling it doesn't mean that you're failing right struggle does not equal does not equate failure Nope. nope absolutely you know, I didn't know how to be ready or prepared for a pandemic. <laughs> like, right? You didn't? Do you, do you think any of us what? were really ready? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like, none of us have experienced anything like this before. No. Maybe grandparents, right, yeah. sort of went through something. But um, we don't know how to self-quarantine because we've never had to do it before. And humans are social, social people. So this has been extremely hard and... Um, it's taken just a little bit of time to, f- to figure it all out. You know, I, I say that if you're in day three of wearing the same pajamas and you feel fine about that, who's to say it's wrong? Preach, girl. Right? If you have not written a bestseller or lost 40 pounds that you had planned to do during the self-isolation time, that's okay. Preach, girl. 
It's not a productivity challenge we're in, you guys. It's a pandemic. We're in a global pandemic. <laughs> yep. Sometimes social media tricks us into believing that everybody has it together, right? Oh. And that we don't. Yeah. We say this in our programming a lot. We say this a lot in our self-esteem programming because it's so easy to look on Instagram and see the fluff and the perfect bodies and the perfect yeah. life and the perfect food. And But people don't post their struggles nope. very often. No. Right? Some are posting amazing selfies, looking all glam in their PJs that they've been in for three days. Yeah. Well, some are struggling to get a brush through their hair. Mm-hmm. Some are struggling to brush their teeth every day. Yeah. Some are struggling to get out of bed every day. Some are cooking gourmet meals. Well, some are trying to summon up enough energy to make a can of soup. Thank God for cans of soup and toast. Right? <laughs> And you're right, getting out of bed may be a struggle for lots of people. And we have to let them know that it's okay. It's there's okay. no there's no prize at the end of this, right? There's no prize of who came out of it with perfect hair and a clean house and the bestseller and dropped 40 pounds. Yeah, well said. Right? There's no shoulds that work the same for everyone. How we should be feeling, what we should be doing. And so I think as a society, one of, one of our... Mm, Bad habits, I guess you could say, is that we compare, mm-hmm. right? We compare a lot. And so I'm just asking you, don't compete with anybody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't beat yourself up because that's not going to get you anything. All that's going to do is put judgment on you, put judgment on the other people. And that's not fair. Well, right? we need, I agree. I totally agree. What we need to be practicing more of is compassion, mm-hmm. not comparing compassion for ourselves absolutely obviously people deal with crises differently and there's no one way that is better than the other way no right we're all humans we all have different coping mechanisms and we all have different support systems yeah we're all basically in survival mode right now and that means something different to every single one of us absolutely you know I, i think that if we're taking care of ourselves if we're taking care of our families if we are doing whatever we can with what we have, we're succeeding. That's a win. Right? For for the people who are not sick or the people who have um, not lost loved ones, I think there is a real push to try to see the positive side of the pandemic. It's hard to when, you, when you've lost somebody, right? Or you've been completely um, devastated by the, the pandemic, but... For those who haven't been, they're trying to put a more positive spin on it. I mean, technically, we've lost our jobs, but not really. I mean, our job our job description just changed. Our What we do in our day-to-day has changed. Yeah. And you know what? We're lucky enough to be able to create that change and keep our jobs. Right. At the very least, look at us. We're podcasting now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And on that positive note, I, you know what? I like podcasting. I do too. I like podcasting so, with you. Yeah. Thanks. I like podcasting with you too. And I mean, as cheesy as we are and as goofy as we are, it's really true. It is. It's actually been so much fun. It has been fun. I I think that searching for any good in the situation um, is just people trying to soothe that collective anxiety that we've talked about. You don't want to make light of the situation, but sometimes it's a defense mechanism. And it's easier for those of us who haven't been impacted by those big losses. Is there a funny side to self-isolation? Is there a way to keep people's spirits up at this precarious moment in time? 
you know, people are trying, right? They're really trying. And I read this the other day, and I'm not sure who said it, but it said, staying positive doesn't mean that you have to be happy all the time. It means that even on the hard days, you know that better ones are coming. Ooh, I like that. Mm, that's kind of, that's what hope means, right? I like that. And so you know what else I heard? What's that? The most unused household item of the quarantine 2020 is bras. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And probably makeup. For sure, I believe it. Maybe a few <laughs> hairbrushes as well. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I kind of went into the, we were laid off there for a few months last year and I went into it with big hopes and dreams. Like I was going to, you know, create and do all of these things during our time off. It was going to be the year that I achieved everything that I wanted. And, um, how'd that go? None of that happened. (laughs) Right. So that's what I mean. Like we, we build up these, Oh, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And, and it didn't happen. But what I did do was even better than that. I learned to appreciate what I have and I learned to slow down. That was huge for me to slow down. I think that was a challenge for a lot of people. Change of pace, change of pace. And, you know, I spent more time outside this summer than I have probably in my whole adult life. Right. And it was glorious. Same, man. We, me and my husband spent so much time outside. Mm -hmm. So much time. Yeah. It was so nice. And at the very least, when the world's crumbling down beside you, at least take in that sunshine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of woo-woo at the, on the, um, most days, but (laughs) I do believe in the healing power of, you know, being outside in the mother earth and all that sort of thing. For sure. I also learned that my self-worth was not measured by all that stuff Mm -hmm. and, but not measured by all that I can do, right? Just because I didn't get it done doesn't mean I should beat myself up about it. For sure. Because slowing down, that was exactly what I needed to do. I didn't realize it at the time, but I know now that's it. It went exactly the way that it was supposed to. Dude, shifting your mindset is huge and it's not easy, but it's necessary sometimes. Right. It is huge and it is necessary. And, um, you know, again, it's really a little bit more challenging to see the positive side of COVID Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's people upset about the kids not being able to socialize and get together. And there's people upset that they're not, you know, can't go in and visit aging parents. And And the loss. I mean, there's been a lot of loss. Yeah. And, you know, certainly... That's been the hard part of it all. And we're here to help. We are here to help with what we can in terms of, like we were talking about, the domestic violence, sexual assault stuff that's on the rise due to that. And we just wanted everybody to know that um, we hear you and we see you and we are here for you. So don't ever feel alone. Reach out if it's safe to do so. Okay. I have a story. Okay. I love love Kayla's story time. Okay, buckle in, because this one is a little longer, but I promise awesome payout at the end. It's a beautiful story, and it's a local story. Oh. Yes. Okay. Okay. And it nearly brought me to tears. So we all know how popular renovating our homes has become during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Everybody has been doing it, Michelle included. Yes. Uh, People are at home, and they're actually saving money without the ability to travel and to attend concerts and different events. So that's made it possible for a lot of people to complete those home renos that they've been putting off and off 
<laughs> or building a house. We're building a house, but yeah. So this was last June, June 2020. Kenny and Noella, a couple right here in North Battleford, were renovating their basement before putting the home on the market. And as Kenny tore down wood paneling in a storage room, some insulation tumbled to the floor. A green purse-like leather case landed on the soft pink material. Undoing the clasp and opening the case, he found hundreds of love letters. His wife, Noella, is an antique collector and felt like the discovery was as good as gold. In addition to the dates, she noticed how the letters were sent from Lashburn, Saskatchewan to Leeds, England. England. The letters sent from a J.A. Richards of Lashburn to W. Perry began with, to my very own darling. Oh, oh, you know what? There's something to be said about those handwritten letters back in the day, right? Go ahead. (laughs) They painted a picture of two young lovers separated following the Second World War. Noella was determined to find the descendants of either the author or his muse. But through a combination of social media sleuthing and communication with Lashburn town officials, she tracked down someone even better. W. Perry, now named Wynne Richards, was alive and living in a senior's housing community in Saskatoon. Previously, she'd owned the same North Battleford house before Kenny and Noella. She'd stashed the letters in her basement storage room to keep them safe. When she moved 140 kilometers east to Saskatoon, her leather writing case didn't make the trip with her. And this is a little background. Wynne was a city girl in the British Royal Air Force. J.A. Richards, also known as Jim, was a flying officer and the son of a Saskatchewan farmer. Their love story started with a dance. Michelle, don't cry. Yeah. (laughs) He proposed within months, but victory in Europe meant Jim's return to Canada. And that's when the letter started back and forth every few days for a year and a half until they could finally reunite. That's a love story right there. During their 54 years together, they raised three children. Jim passed away in 2001 and Wynne never remarried. She knew there would never be another man like her husband or another love story she'd rather be a part of. To be reunited with the letters has meant the chance to relive young love. It's like having Jim back with me. I haven't read them all yet. It will take me a long time, Richard said. She closed off the interview by saying, I think that's what this world needs is love for everybody's sake. Mm. I agree. Especially at this time that we're going through. I mean, there's enough hurt and anger and shame and blame and rage and heartache and yeah, being offended and all of that sort of stuff. And, and I think, you know, what we do need is more love and more understanding and more allowing people to be who they need to be more acceptance. You know, that's some pretty powerful stuff. What a beautiful, I know, beautiful love story. And kudos to them for tracking her down. They could have just as easily Ooh, thrown them out, right? Absolutely. They did need to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's some respect. Another thing that we could use more of. Yeah. And I mean, not just for everybody, but for our kids. Like we talk about when we go into the schools and those kids want to come up and hug us and just want that approval and that validation. And we give it to them. Yeah. Yep. Right. I think we all seek that validation. We all seek that um, approval. And I mean, it's the stories like this that just 
goes to show just going a little bit out of your way can change somebody's world and make it just a bigger and brighter place. Beautifully said, Michelle. And with that, that is the end of episode six of the Basak View. As usual, you guys, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and please leave us a comment or two. It really does go a long way, and we really, really do appreciate it. I think I like the feedback. Yes. You know, because it does help us to deliver more of what people want or in a way that people are interested in hearing it. So I appreciate all the comments. And listen, we are not professional podcasters, (laughs) okay? We can take a little constructive criticism here or there. So (laughs) thanks, you guys. Until episode seven, see you.